I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Hi, I'm Hannah Burner, and you are listening to Andy's Girls. A leper doesn't change its spots. That's why I don't wear pants. <laughs> Why did I just think of period spots? <laughs> I just got my period. It's great. Um, should I go now? You should go. <laughs> <laughs> that was my line. I just got my period. <laughs> it's actually, I don't play games. Just kidding. I love to play games. And my favorite game is tennis. <laughs> oh, my God. And I just started thinking about taglines that could involve having your period. Like, I don't need an exclamation point. Because I, I don't know. You guys, we're going to I'll smack you in the face with my pad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a, we're we're going to figure Even it out. Even though I'm bloated, I'm still sassy. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Gorg is like, "Even though I'm I'm 40, I don't look like it. I still think I can have babies." I love Honey, you just I want love. a storyline. Let's be honest. Oh my god, Hannah Burner. Coming in hot. <laughs> Literally, you have the best laugh. Thank you. I've gotten a lot of great reviews about it. It's great that people like your laugh because if they didn't, that would be tough. A lot of people don't, (laughs) you know, but that's how you sift the good and the bad. That's right. Mm. And my mom has the same laugh. And when I laugh and when I was little, I used to yell at her when she laughed on the phone. I was like, shut the fuck up. And now I have it. So that's how life works. Karma, um, Hannah Burner, comedian, Hall of Fame tweeter, host of Burning in Hell, the podcast of podcasts, and cast member of the illustrious Summer House. 
<laughs> oh my god, illustrious. Also, Hall of Fame. This is, I'm so honored <laughs> to be here. I'm so honored to have you on the People's People's Couch. So I feel like this is meant to be because mm-hmm. you are the epitome of a Bravo-holic Bravo lab, which mm. is a rarity in this world. How many Bravo lebs have gone and watched what happens and Andy's like, haha, joke about whatever. And they show a photo of a housewife in a room and is like, I have no idea who the fuck that is. You mm. know, like it is so. And she's like, that's Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> it's your daughter. <laughs> Call your children once in a while. (laughs) For real. So it's so great to have you on AG because I want to get your thoughts on shows that are airing and your experiences in Summer House. I'm so excited. Um, So tell me a little bit about your Bravo journey. How long have you been watching Bravo shows? Great question. I... My first, like, addiction, I think, was Millionaire Matchmaker. <gasps> oh, Patty Stanger. I, I would watch. I loved her. I loved it. I, it just, and there's something about when you love a show and then Bravo has its, has its little, like, ding-dong thing that it does. What's it, this little slogan? And then <laughs> you start to be like a dog with a ring. Like, when I'd hear the Bravo yeah, like, Pavlov's dog. theme song, yeah. I would just get happy. So I love Millionaire Matchmaker. Um... I'm actually late to the game with Housewives. Next thing, I I would watch Below Deck, like, before it was popular, just in the background a lot. Oh, Below Deck OG, not Below Deck Med. OG. Okay. With Kate Chastain. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Oh, poor baby. She lives in the city. You should have her she, on. I sh- yeah, you need a... <laughs> She's available, you guys. She has nothing... She, has, <laughs> she just retired she, from the boat. She, <laughs> she has no exotic places to oh go right God. now. Oh, my God. She's probably liking a little stability. For um, real? What else... My whole thing, which I'm so annoying because I say this to all the Vanderpump cast members when I have like a moment with one of them. Yes. And I'm like, I went through the worst breakup. I went through one of those breakups where like you just feel like out of body, like you're not yourself. I like didn't feel like myself while I was dating this guy. I got out of it. I was just in the worst funk. And I distracted myself during the day by just working my little butt off mm. at work. And I would I was making videos. Mm-hmm. I was a video producer. And the second I'd get home, I'd shut the lights. I'd get under my covers. And I started Vanderpump from the very beginning. Oh, my God. So I literally would like. I love a self-care binge. Yes. I literally would go from. I couldn't deal with my own thoughts. Yeah. So I would like work all day. And the second I was like free of work, I would be with my Vanderpump friends, my fake friends on Vanderpump. And I would like delve into their like issues. Sheena's, I'm like, at least I'm not getting divorced like Sheena. And I was just, <laughs> no, and, and, but it's great. Like I was so, I was watching Stassi's ups and downs. I was like, at least I didn't date Jax. Yeah. And I would, I was so into it. And I watched it from the very beginning. And it was funny because by the end of all the seasons, when I finished, I was like out of my depression. I'm not going to say that Vanderpump solved my depression, but definitely didn't hurt it. And it started because you just needed to kind of like escape your world into somebody else's. And there's something I love. I love documentaries and reality TV. Those are the two things I watch. Mm -hmm. And I think because in reality, there's always that glimmer of like such honest truth that happens in certain moments that like even the producers can't predict Mm -hmm. that you'll see that is like so beautiful Mm -hmm. that like you'll see it in The Bachelor, you'll see it in Housewives and you'll see it in documentaries. But there's and there's it's not acting you see these beautiful real moments of people's lives even if it's like in its own idea of reality Mm -hmm. like a different realm of reality it's still real in that world um sorry we just went into like no i love this this is great some deeper um it was like inception (laughs) (laughs) but i just remember thinking like 
wow, I love reality TV so much. It really did help me escape from sometimes. And I remember there's always that side of, I was never that person that was like, I need to be on reality TV. I really? hate, I hate confrontation. Okay. And I, um, I always, I was scared. If I didn't, I didn't know who I was for a while. And I felt like, what if I went on a show and they captured five minutes of me and everyone thought I was a certain way when I'm not like I had right. that weird fear, which is a concern. I mean, yes. that's a fear based on frankly, reality, a hundred percent. And I cared what people thought, whatever. But I like went through a lot of stuff where I think the depression helped me be like, okay, all I want in life is to not be depressed and I need to find my passion and I'm just going to fucking do it. And then I also just like kind of know who I am. Like all I want to be is authentically myself. That's amazing. But I had to like lose it all to kind of rebuild yeah. and find who that like young Hannah was again, like who wasn't affected by society and bullshit and whatever. And I think cause I had like a newfound confidence, I was I felt like I could do reality TV, but I couldn't have done it like early 20s. And do you feel, do you ever have those moments where you're watching yourself on TV and because of the way it's edited or how someone reaches out to you and they might react incorrectly to mm-hmm. how you were actually feeling? Mm-hmm. Does that ever, not that you regret it, but do you ever get that kind of reaction where you find yourself going into that place of like, they they don't understand who I am? Yeah, I feel like of the people on the show I'm one of the better ones on Summer House with dealing with criticism I do think that fortunately I got mostly positive feedback from the first season I was in because I wasn't involved in that much stuff Mm -hmm. like I really had no real story and then this season I came in kind of hot yeah and that's when like I started to get the like Hannah's annoying or like Hannah needs to stay in her lane like that kind of stuff but when I see it first of all my friends and my people are not people going online like making fun or being mean to people right I've gone online and like tagged someone and been like you're epic or like you're a queen or like complimented them but I would never like hate on a stranger so I'm like first of all what kind of people are these people doing that right second of all it's not about me clearly I'm reminding them of like a cousin that like fucked their ex-boyfriend or something like it's 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 all them projecting onto you and like that's what life is and I'm the one on TV that's easiest to project to so I really have that good perspective I do think there's sometimes that I'm like ooh that wasn't I didn't mean it like that much or like okay they're making that into a bigger deal than it was but then I remember like there's some girl who like needs an escape from her life and if I'm giving her that through like a little more drama then like that's cool because at the end of the day I'm not like it's not I'm not Mother Teresa. I'm not out here trying to show like what an amazing person I am on TV. I'm just trying to be authentically myself. And hopefully there's some laughter and someone gets away from their own issues for a second. That is remarkably centered. <laughs> I have to tell you, having interacted with, I don't know how many celebrities at this point, which we don't really need to get into. You have a roster, girl. When you sent me a roster, I was like, Damn. I just had somebody get in touch a Bravo Lab who had been on the show before and wants to, I love when someone comes back because I'm like, okay, great. You like didn't want to die during yeah. the recording. You're like, like so we're best friends now. <laughs> so we're besties. Can we text? Can we have to drink? Um, so for you, that has to be a full circle moment. You start watching Pump Rules as a binge to recover and have an outlet and a release. And now you find yourself in a position where you're providing that for other people. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. And I also think that 
I wanted to show that just because you're on TV, it's not an opportunity to be like, see, I told y'all I would be better than everybody. Instead, it's like, oh, I'm still Hannah. And like, I can show that like I've dealt with anxiety or depression or what, whatever. And I'm not. And hopefully someone out there is like, wait, if she could, you know, chase her dream or do that. Or, and, I, and she deals with the same stuff I deal with. And maybe I believe in myself more. Even recently, this is the first season, the last Okay, this I've never told this story because this is oh recent. I got a DM from a guy saying, he was like a 40-year-old man. He goes, my Valentine broke up with me because of you. And he had like a bunch of screenshots. And I was like, well, I have nothing better to do today. So I'm going to go <laughs> through this. <laughs> and it basically starts with him being like, don't fat shame. And the girl was like, I'm not fat shaming. Like, she has a better <gasps> body than me. I'm 40. But like, don't say that you, you think a 20-year-old a is hot. It hurts uh, my feelings. And, she, and he was like, dude, like she's on TV. And it just made a comment like you're making this into a big deal. And then she sent screenshots of like me in a bathing suit. Like, ah. Uh, of really I bad don't angles. Love this at all. There was like me and Paige. I was blackout, and Paige was like crying to me, and I was like trying to focus. And then they did like a pan out from like below <gasps> of like my underside. Anyway, uh, so she like screenshotted two like of my back in a bathing suit. And first of all, I don't see that. Like I'm not one that looks at myself in the mirror a lot, and I'm also not like looking at my butt in a bathing suit a lot. I just you're probably don't. not taking screenshots of your body. A hundred percent not. And he said, and he said. And then he writes back like, yeah, that, that's why I like her or something. But long story short, when I saw that, and I, I'm not going to lie, I looked at it and I was like, oh, that does look kind of frumpy. And but then part of me was like, instead of going down a dark hole. Yeah, because that's very triggering. Instead of going dark hole. First of all, I'm like, I've like my body. I was an athlete. Like I worked really hard on my body. And granted, like I've because I've never had like liposuction, I'm not doing yoga every day. Yeah, there are angles I think aren't great, especially a camera below you when you're standing and you're kind of like in not in a flattering standing position. But anyway, long story short, I was like, there needs to be more women on TV that you see not the like Lizzo and not the like models, but like that like six to 12 range mm -hmm. needs to be seen. And I was like, you know what? I am doing the Lord's work, <laughs> but it's like, I really think even in magazines and shit, like show more girls who are a size 10, like that, like in between sure that like you're not skinny, you're not fat. You, you just don't feel like, and you probably live in this place where you're like, what am I? What should I be? And it's like, I kind of was like, you know what? And also it's funny is this season the hottest guy I've ever fucking seen <laughs> for, I don't know why. Are we talking Luke? Luke is literally obsessed with me. Yeah, he wants to get in your pants and immediately. I'm like, and it's funny because at one point I remember like Amanda kind of made a comment like, what what is he what does he like about you? I know it was weird, but she said it to me and I turned to her and because Luke's talked before. Luke is obsessed with butts. Like Luke loves curvy girls. Because he, he's like done the whole like he's probably had sex with every model in New York City. He's over it. <laughs> He, like, hates, like, skinny girls. Yeah. He loves girls who are athletic and curvy with, like, bodies and butts. And he likes girls who are funny and witty. And, like, I was like, okay, that makes so much sense. And I want more girls out there to be like, you could get a guy like Luke having an, uh, like, average booty. <laughs> Just having a booty. Oh Just eat God. and be funny and 
and I'd be confident. I mean, and the whole, <laughs> like the Lizzo of it all is just self-confidence as you are. Yeah. Like regardless of size, you know, love yourself, which is why it's so damning that that guy DM'd you because it's in, it's obviously on its face inappropriate. It's looking at you through the lens of a screenshot of a TV show yeah. of a moment that wasn't meant to be kept for yeah. historical record. <laughs> And also, like, you just because you have a feeling mm-hmm. doesn't mean you need to communicate it to someone who you feel a relationship to because you see them on camera. Sometimes that incredibly, not invasive, but very, very intimate moments. And you feel like you can send them photos of themselves. And you know that this guy who's a fucking moron thought to himself... In his head, yeah. in his like man brain, he was like, this is an, a compliment indirectly yeah. and I'm going to show it to her and she's going to think it's really funny or cool and it's not funny Also, or cool. I feel so bad for that girl if she thinks I'm fat because I'm like, honey, like... You need to. Oh my you god! You need to get your your head in in gear because um. But and the Lizzo thing is so right that like, sure she's preaching confidence and she happens to have a certain body. I think it's like the marketing people that are like, right. okay, so we need um diversity. Let's get an obese person and let's get a really skinny person, and um we're good. We covered all the angles. Right. And it's like, no, why don't you just go in and like pick pick girls based on their attitude or like their look um it's rare that you just like see someone who's a size eight and that's like what I feel like so many girls are meanwhile you're on a show summer house and that has a lot of women on it and men who are in bathing suits frolicking looking this is my thing I am not not gonna eat I'm never not gonna eat good I've like I have a very healthy relationship with food. I think everyone has a tough relationship as a sure. female at some time. I had my hard time at 14. I was at a tennis academy. I was trying to go pro. I started like overworking out, mm-hmm. restricting food because I was stressed because my parents had invested money in me and I was away from home. It was like one of those things. And then I really was like getting anorexic. And But it wasn't based on my looks. It was like a performance thing. Mm-hmm. And then I went home, I went to therapist and I like checked myself and I realized like what health means. Like you don't, you don't want to look in the mirror and feel like you're lacking, you know, nutrients. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a self-hate thing. So now it's like, on the show, I could not eat. I could sit there at dinner and like pick at it. But when I'm stressed and when everyone's fighting, you will see I am shoveling. Like I, when I'm uncomfortable, I want to eat and I don't go like too overboard. It's just like, I'm not going to be in a deficit to like have a couple people be like, oh, her body looks amazing. It's like my body looks good and I want to be healthy. And it really is how you carry yourself. And like I, I gained like 10 pounds last summer just because of alcohol. Mm. And, but it's like something that like, that's we're always changing yeah and I kind of I wanted to have fun and I did and I and then you find a hot model like Luke who likes how your ass looks (laughs) and everything's fine I just want girls to like watch this and be like you don't like I Paige is my best friend but you don't have to look like Paige to get the model guy that's all I'm putting and to be a star of a reality show I mean you're on a network that is incredibly popular and seen by a lot of people And, you know, showing that kind of confidence 
on a very specific show that is sort of a heightened reality yeah. when it comes to like the Hamptons of it all. Yeah. And being true to yourself. I mean, there's nothing that's kind of greater and more important I would think for you and your own journey as like a human person on this earth Mm -hmm. and frankly it also isn't a bad thing for your career that you are coming across to myself as a viewer and I think to the viewers at large as someone who is a real person with a genuine sense of humor that's having a good time and doesn't take it too seriously thank you I think like yeah you see the self-awareness with me and Paige and I I think that's where people have been connecting with us the first episode we ever were on it showed us like walking out of the kitchen for the first time and I like turned to her and it was one of the hidden cameras and I was like it feels like we're in a shark tank or something like that (laughs) and that was just me like not knowing the cameras like or got that audio and just being like I was talking about the situation I was like this is fucking scary how does that work (laughs) are there are there just cameras like genuine hidden cameras everywhere big brother style so you never know that's why I think summer house is about to be like the biggest reality show on bravo because unlike other shows where kind of like scenes are it's like okay well you have to meet with this person tomorrow to discuss this or like you get in a fight and then you have time to think about it or our show is literally Big Brother where the best footage is a lot of time when like we get home at night and we right. like, kind of like you know the fighting over there, pizza like, or whatever yeah or like, like you get into big fights or like the little th- like mumbles that you don't think people hear or like the mornings when you're just like saying shit because um, you still you're living and you can't he- you can't always be perfectly constructed the way like you might imagine you would do sure. and, like you'd be like oh I would never say that but you go crazy by about of course about seven weeks in you start to lose it um seven weekends <laughs> <laughs> I lost it on weekend 11 last season with Jordan I remember I was like I'm never gonna get mad <sighs> and then I started here like you're gonna look bad if like because you're Jordan's closest friend and you haven't def- you're like not saying anything it, me- it seems like you're defending his lies and I just fucking lost because I was working with him all week oh my god and then seeing him on the weekend so I was at the, at the point where like he couldn't even breathe in my direction I care about him so I kind of was like brotherly like dude fuck you and um so I snapped I never thought I would snap and then this season I I feel like the l- first season, I love how you're letting me rant about this. This is, I, this this is, is so therapeutic for me. me. Good, good, good. The first season, I, I, f- I feel like I'm an opinionated person, but if I don't feel like I have enough information, I'm not one to be like, well, this is what I think. So I was just kind of like sitting back and like taking it in, but then we spent the whole winter together. So like I came in hot. I had opinions. I've seen all their relationships. I've understood them more as people, got closer to them as people, mm-hmm. and I remember th- thinking like let's let's go and um it is like the best season of summer house so far so how did you get cast in summer house how did this happen obviously you were working with I was working with Betches right um so they're this media company they it actually I would write like 80 memes a week that's like oh how I got good God. at Twitter because I was like one of those people that was just writing for them right like I would just look at gifts and like write little funny things on top I loved using the Bravo gifts of like Ramona or like someone <laughs> fucking out. like I just it was always Bravo was so part of Betches too like we all mm. love Bravo but before that I was in like sales and marketing oh I hated my jobs okay but I I was like selling t-shirts don't I don't even want to get into it and my soul was dying and I this is where I believe in manifestation more than anything yeah I literally said to myself 
I remember the moment I was like, I need to do video. Like I'd done a little video in college doing sports broadcasting, but thought I couldn't like make money in it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to like show my parents I could be like businessy and I was doing well. I just hated it. Mm. And I was like, I want to do video. In two years, I was on a reality TV show. Wow. But before that, I had, I started like just like, if you want something, it's like, you know, when you break up with your ex-boyfriend and suddenly everything reminds you of him sure it's because he's top of mind right so if you can channel whatever you want to be top of mind you start seeing opportunities you wouldn't have seen you say it to people who wouldn't have heard it actually was met jordan veroy at this like tennis casting thing from summer house and it's crazy and i was like i want to do video six months later he LinkedIn messaged me because I didn't get his number or anything and goes, hey, Betches is looking for a video producer. Oh, my God. And I was like, I have no experience. And he's like, you're funny. Put together a little video. Put together. They were like, you legit have no experience, but you can freelance for us for like $300 a week. Wow. And I was like, yes. But the truth is, is that was I knew it was like I I found a lane right, to begin in. Right. No, it's the hardest thing is to get the, someone to believe in you in the very beginning. And then. I started making videos for them. Some of them started to go viral. I had like a horoscope series I was doing on Inst- Insta stories. And then I would m- I met a lot of people. I met some of the Summer House people. I interviewed them. Wow. Oh, my There's, God. You could look up like Hannah Bruno, Carl Radke, and Stephen McGee. I interviewed them. And I was like making fun of them. I was like fucking reality <laughs> TV people. I'm like fuckers. <laughs> I made them do like a rosé shot in the morning anyway. Then I got... My name got thrown in for a week. They were doing the big recast. Right. They did a New New York Housewives style season four to five. I Mm -hmm. mean, this was like the taking out the Workus twins and Steven. Did you like the show up until then? I had a mixed feeling about it. It reminds me a lot of Pump Rules. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the same Mm quasi-generation, although the Pump Rulers, my guess is, are relatively older. older. Um, it took me a little bit of time to get into, I think for everybody, maybe the first season, but the sense that I've gotten from other, um, Bravo holics that I also feel is that the reset cast is, was a, a comfortable place to start to really appreciate the show. Mm -hmm. Like before I didn't love the Carl twin dynamic. Mm -hmm. I loved Steven as like the voice to the audience mm-hmm. but obviously something happened they were sent packing and I think yeah. that the change has helped a lot it's crazy the how chemistry is so important it is because it feels like a different show now in the it best is. possible way I think what they kept telling us is they were like this is a fun show right and like it forgot the fun for a bit yeah it was a weird kind of drama it was all it felt manufactured to be on it was like mm-hmm. I, are you guys like really like what's happening with the dating and the whatever and mm-hmm. now it feels it yeah as you said it feels more organic it feels like you and, like spending time with each other yes and bravo holics are so intelligent like you guys i feel like can see the truth behind stuff yeah. you know exactly when things are feeling corny i mean you you know, the second a show is like kind of losing its path. And I do think it takes a time for shows to evolve. Um, but yeah, I got a, a call from a producer and they basically were like, we know, you know, the cast already. Like mm-hmm. I knew some of them and they were like, tell us about yourself. And I was like, I'm mean, going to grew up in New York City. I've been going to um, the Shelter Island, which is like a place it's not, it's not considered the Hamptons, but it's out there. Sure. It's like the chill Hamptons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I was like, I go there, play tennis, play golf um, growing up. And that's my lifestyle. It's what I've always done. And I love it. And I was like, look, I'm not your party girl. I'm not your like messy girl. Fast forward. Apparently I am. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't I don't drink that much. No, but I was like, if you're looking for like a hot mess, I'm not really that. I'd mm-hmm. love to be in a show to show that like girls can be sporty and girls can be funny and girls can be bosses and girls can be strong. And they're like, ah, OK. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then like they were just like, yeah, let's do this. And I remember my parents being like, we just want you to be happy. My mom was like, the Hamptons? Fine. The Hamptons? Okay. My mom's wild. Oh, my God. And my dad was like, just don't embarrass me. Which he did. But uh, then the show, like, I fell in love with Paige. Yeah, you guys have a really nice I don't know if I could have done it without her. Yeah. Because, like, we, you know how you need that person in a group that, like, when someone does something, you could just, like, look at each other and be like, am I fucking crazy right now and they're like no you're not crazy you're like thank you and you could like you look at them you're like i fucking told you this is gonna i also love that Paige was like Paige is confident and comfortable in herself and she also has standards and Mm -hmm. so i appreciate seeing somebody on that show but on bravo where a guy is kind of like not gaslighting you but like fucking with you and you're saying like i'm good like i don't need this like i am actually choosing not to be with you like i deserve more but best wishes and i think people were just like like doing the wave like like what she did because she was like giving him a chance and then she was like this is how you court a person (laughs) that you want to care about by literally any kind of attention during the week and what he didn't know is like I, I don't believe that Carl's never been rejected, but it's like Paige is talking to other people, too. Yeah. Because she's getting attention in other places. Amen. I don't know. She's just she was epic and she is epic. And I think seeing it, especially like even like Southern Charm, some of the guys that get away with so much bullshit. I mean, Vanderpump rules. I know. And I always say like our show, like what I do love about our guys is like we keep them in check, like to an extent, as in like they they're like more respectful of us yeah um to an extent to an extent i mean they have their issues because they're men yeah and men are um trash but (laughs) sorry i'm in a not wrong not wrong not wrong wrong. (laughs) um find the lie but some other like obviously like kyle's cheating problems but like they're a little scared of the girls which is really you even see that in the first in the first episode when we were at the beach and they're like they're gonna they're gonna ask us a lot of questions bro they're gonna ask us questions and we're just like sitting like what do you talk about in there Whose dick wants to get cut off. <laughs> it's just like such a fun dynamic. So how often or, or first off, who did you hear from in the cast before you actually, you know, started day one shooting? Did anyone get in touch? You'd had relationships with these people. I so I already knew Paige. I'd already known Carl. I'd already met Danielle and Lindsay, but I actually got coffee with Kyle and then separately got coffee with Amanda. Oh, great. Beforehand. And did anyone surprise you? With um, like the difference between on and off camera or you thought they were going to be a dick and they were super welcoming. Amanda or- is exactly the same on and off camera. Oh, that's great. Like exact. I, well, I would argue they don't show how like funny and cool and witty she mm-hmm. can be. Like I feel like a lot of us, especially the fights with her and Kyle, it's like they always cut to Kyle's narrative and you're like, there's other narratives here. Right. Um, I think that... Um, I think Paige and I like love 
cameras and attention so like we like get all we will like be we get crazy and funny and outgoing but we also we love to turn it off like Mm -hmm. we will be like okay we're done and we just like go in our room and like whisper and gossip and like occasionally they catch it and they like put it up but like so Paige and I either like on like partying cracking jokes at everyone or we're like we need alone time and we'll lock ourselves in our room um but yeah most of most of us, we also, like, kind of call each other on our shit. Like, we feel like someone's being fake or someone's, like, trying to push something. Like, we will call each other out and be like, do you really feel that way? Do you think a part of it, too, is because the show, the concept of the show is that you're literally only hanging out on the weekend mm-hmm. or that's where the actual drama itself takes place. So it's much more condensed in that way. So, like, when Dude, the you're in the space. are insane. Like, the amount of drama. That yeah, I- and in 44 <laughs> minutes plus commercials, it's crazy. <laughs> it's because they're cutting a whole weekend into 40 minutes. Which and is nuts. Nutso. And so you mentioned that the episode that's airing this week, so we're recording this before it airs this ten, week's yeah. episode. We're recording Which this Wednesday afternoon. Episode. So what what can you tell us? Oh I mean, people God. have already seen it by yeah. the time they listen to this, but what do we have in store? So it last week ended with Kyle, no, 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 Carl and Lindsay like on the picnic thing they made with no food which was upsetting but we're all like blacking out and Paige is crying and then Lindsay and Carl are like we're gonna be together let's go on a date let's go on a date let's go on a date and they that was my voices for them that was amazing so they go on a date this and I saw a clip of the date where they're yelling at each other this date is it's I I was so I love this episode so much because like I don't know this happened mm-hmm. like all we knew Lindsay actually came back and was like it was fun and Carl was like it was kind of wild <laughs> this date you watch it begin where it's like kind of romantic and you're like what's gonna happen like you're just like how are they gonna kiss are they gonna be flirty are they gonna say they love each other and then Carl basically starts kind of opening up about having commitment issues mm-hmm. and the problem with the two of them is that Lindsay's biggest fear is commitment because mm-hmm. like sh- her family has left her. She has trust her issues, mom stuff, her yeah. mom stuff. So she, her biggest issue is she needs to, kn- even with friends, she's like, I need to know that you have my back. Like she will immediately be like, I don't trust you. Like she needs to know so close that people are committed to her. Carl's biggest issue is that he can't commit to anything. Why is this happening? Is this real? Why is this happening? Or are they like... What's your opinion of it all? Okay, so I heard about it on page six months and months ago when they were like spotted making out. And I said, this is ridiculous. And like, no. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, is this like Kim and Kanye where these are the only two people on earth that understand each other best? Like they both are so excited to be on the show you feel that energy the attention stuff but it's at a it's in a different friendship is realizing like they started to get really close like he would be at her house like four times a week just like hanging but I don't see them dating well I well that's why we all felt the same way I love how you brought the Kim and Kanye thing because I don't understand Kim and Kanye I think like she's a beard for him or something that's what I thought but then someone explained to me that they they're like, no, these are the two people that are most, they are the best fit in the world because they're so narcissistic. And I actually am team Kim. I like Stanford Kim. Yeah. Kim. But like they und- understand each other. Or does that make other. them like 
terrible for each other like two narcissists it seems or they to get, be working i feel like it's a business partnership it could be so how does that but then how does she fuck like for with the paparazzi later. oh yeah i don't know but with Lindsay and carl is that a similar like kind two of two attractive people like i could kind of see it my thing was more like Really, guys? Like, if you were gonna do this, why didn't you do it a long time ago? Or right, like, the why wait for like strange. him to be fucking like Lauren Workus and Everett and Danielle? Like, it was so complicated. I was like, if you guys are gonna do this, like, make sure it's fucking like real. And they go on this date, and it is basically Carl kind of opens up to her and is like, "I have commitment issues," and you could tell he's scared and he just right. wants to say that, and he wants to like have proof that he warned her about it yeah and she like you see the two crazies together because then she's immediately like instead of being understanding is like why can't you fucking commit that's a cop out you talking about your dad that's a cop out and he goes fuck you basically for not understanding me and they're both like kind of right but they're both kind of wrong like it really was pretty even yeah and it seemed like she wasn't listening to him in the sense that he's saying this is how I reacted to a trauma that happened in my family and her response was she felt like he was using that as an excuse she was like my mom left me and I don't have commitment issues which is doesn't mean just because you have one outcome from one experience doesn't mean that she just wasn't hearing what she wanted to hear and everyone knows that feeling where like you a guy tells you something you don't want to hear and your heart sinks but then you just have to rejig your mind and be like okay we either leave him or we delve in the dirt with him and see if we could like fix him, which you should never do because it doesn't work. Um, they get in such a fight on this date, like cursing at each other. It is hilarious. And how do you amazing? How do you choose whether or not to involve yourself? I mean, there was that dinner where you got kind of screamed at for literally no reason when By Carl Lindsay. himself was the one that actually brought it up for Carl, absolutely no Carl reason. Carl was bringing up like Armand. Carl actually introduced me to Armand. Oh my guy. god! He because he's involved in podcasting. I want to start podcasting. Carl knew him from like a partying like Hamptons thing, and then me and Armand got really close. And like you know when you're you start talking to someone, you realize like I kind of just want to talk to him. And yeah. we were doing that for like three months. Like I was I really liked him, and we we're like going everywhere together. But nothing was like said or done, and I really wasn't ready to like be like are you my boyfriend yeah um and he knew I was going on the show and I was kind of like do you want to stay to and like continue what this is and he was like yeah and then I was like okay let's see what happens and then Carl was playing like mama bear to it but only in the negative like it's he never like pulled me aside and was like hey how are you and what I'm doing it was only when like he was feeling attacked yeah. or like trying to and it just was kind of, and it wasn't coming from like a real earnest place. So he's coming at me and I was just telling him answers. I was just like, yeah, like we're not officials. Like I thought you guys were official. And I'm like, well, we're not yet. Um, I'm also like, I'm not a cheater. Yeah. I even, I didn't kiss Luke those first two episodes when I easily could have. Cause like it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And I still felt like I owed something to Armand. And I actually still was like, you know what? Luke's hot, but Armand and I have a special connection which is really hard to find. Um, so my thing is Carl's coming at me, coming at me at the table. And then I finally was like, so what's going on with you and Lindsay? Cause if I'm fair game, then you guys are fair game. Right. It seemed like he was trying to make a point that he didn't actually understand. <laughs> so then when well, you were like, that's so common let's follow- when we, after a couple tequilas, <laughs> you start fighting with yourself. <laughs> right. But yeah, Lindsay snapped at me. She, she's a snapper. And I remember being like, okay, now 
we need to like calm the situation. I was like, mm-hmm. Lindsay, we're supporting you. We love you. We support you. Because I don't want to fight with Lindsay. I feel I don't like that would that. be a tough battle because oh, she's God, very, very that. alpha in every way. And I'm alpha. You are alpha, but you're a you're, different kind of alpha. Right. Your communicative skills are. But that's why me and her butt heads in def- the, originally. Yeah, def- like last season, we butted heads because I, I have an alphaness to me. And she does too. We're like, we respect each other, but we also don't like perfectly fit. Like, you know, Danielle is a little more passive. Yeah. Lindsay's alpha. They're perfect. Sure. Me and Lindsay, we were like, do we want to kill each other? Or do we want to like hug each other? Did you feel like you were walking into an environment where she was like the Stasi of the cast, where it was like someone that was very, very strong that maybe... I don't know how they would feel about somebody else joining. She will again, if you think about Lindsay, she's a trust person. Yeah. And she's doesn't trust you until you earn it. Mm-hmm. So like she didn't, she's doesn't come in like completely warm, mm-hmm. but this season you see how our friendship evolves, but you just don't know what might get her to snap sometimes of like, and I'm loud and I say whatever I want. And sometimes you have to walk on eggshells with her a little. And I don't love that. But as she understood where I was coming from wasn't from like a place of like trying to make her look bad. She, me and her got closer. But at first I think she wasn't sure about me. Do you guys ever have those moments where eps are airing, you're all watching it and you're on some sort of chain of like, hey, by the way, so sorry about what I'm about to say in like two commercial breaks. Or do people have an understanding, more sense of humor? You get new fights during it right yeah that's why the whole experience is so crazy like it's not like oh I filmed this tv show and now I get to watch my art it's like no like now you get to see the real shit that people were talking about the the feelings all come back like I'm like ready to go to the house tomorrow like I'm like let's fucking film again get the cameras up I have shit to say um and you kind of like even last season with the whole thing where Lindsay was kind of making fun of me for not being feminine enough mm-hmm. when the episode aired I took it as an opportunity I think like for the bigger picture to just be like I wrote a tweet that I was just like being feminine does not mean you have to be girly like you shouldn't have to put yourself in any box yeah. to like feel like a woman right and Lindsay texted me and she was like are we good I thought we were good and I was like yeah this actually like this didn't have to do with me and you this was like a bigger issue that I wanted to address and did she understand that when you explained it to her she understood it but she just was she I think she was upset because it seemed like I was like attacking her and I was like I wasn't attacking her but I hope you learned from it um but she didn't like that speaking of learning from things so Kyle and Amanda are in this weird engagement P.S. great ring rewatch the proposal this afternoon so sweet Think Amanda, so great. That moment where she walks in the apartment, he's like, can we talk about this thing? She's like, no, shut the fuck up, and drinks her glass of red. Epic. God bless. And deserves a Bravo medal. was on. And Bravo was on. How? <laughs> talk about Inception. <laughs> that was a great moment in a moment. So how do you deal with filming with these people and one of the couples, or really the couple, is engaged, which is like very serious. Meanwhile, yeah. you know that they're struggling with fidelity issues well i think i wish they almost showed the second episode before you saw that scene of like kyle snapping at us at the table Mm -hmm. because what was happening is that he started going on this like long speech about what an amazing fiance he is what an amazing fiance he is yeah he was like most you know most fiances aren't so helpful in the wedding process and that's when i laughed i couldn't 
I laughed and he was just like he was just kind of on a soapbox coming up with all these excuses and it's like Paige and I were rolling our eyes because we were like let's be real buddy you guys are going through some struggles and the venue fell through and you're figuring it out you don't have to be all like pretending and and he obviously had all those issues pent up so when also there was eight people at the table like me and Paige were like I was like why aren't they asking about our marriage we're just we also were hammered yeah and it was the first night. We we're so excited. And I laughed when he said my um, most fiancés aren't as helpful in like the wedding as I am. And I was like, dude, shut up. And then he like lost it on us. And I actually stayed very quiet. I was kind of like, can I speak? You hear me? I'm like, can I speak? And they're like grown men yelling at me and cursing me out. And then I was just like, guys, there's something deeper to what's happening because you can't be that mad because me and Paige are giggling like no one will snap like I could totally understand you being like guys I'm trying to just like get this thought out or like come on guys you're being rude but you don't have to slam a dinner table and start cursing and then later on he does say you know it's obviously because me and Amanda are struggling and it's our own issues and he's getting mad at Amanda but the point is is that like me and Paige never oh speaking of Paige is calling me oh me and Paige never wanted to like come off as rude it was more just like we had been dealing with their stuff yeah and then you see the second episode like him complaining about her so much and it's like it's hard for me because i'm messy (laughs) i'm a creative (laughs) and i'm like as as a messy person it's like i don't know i feel like is that the biggest issue here the amazon boxes do you think they're gonna get married i'm may or may not be going to tulum for a bachelorette party (gasps) But do they have a date? Yeah. They have a date. In 2021? In 2020. Really? In the fall. Okay. This is the thing. Relation- I've talked to Kyle about this. Re- having a relationship on reality TV is very difficult. Yeah. So, like, I just, I just want them to be happy. I just want them to be happy. And right now, like, what we're watching is, like, kind of painful. And they're dealing with their relationship stuff. They're working with each other on Loverboy. They're working with each other on Summer House. It's like you need to have a little bit of a... Plus, they're working on the fact that he's cheated on her like more than once and may or may not remember it. And they may have to work on it more. Like, like you always have to work on it. No, there hasn't been like another scandal. My eyes just dropped out of my head. No, I'm just saying like sometimes I feel like because there's been an apology, you think like Amanda is working on it, I think more than we know. Right. Because she pretends to be like very, very strong. Right. Or or she'll get mad at something and you're like, yeah, because you're still working through that stuff and that's okay. And there's a moment where I don't remember if it's a clip from the this week's episode or something else where he says like, we're good now. Like, why can't we move on from this? And And what she responds with is part of me moving on is understanding that I can never fully move on like this doesn't go away just because we're working on a relationship part of working on a relationship is understanding the damage that you have done as a result of your behavior and your action it's hard because I've never been with a guy who cheated on me Mm. and also like like my brother is actually just got engaged he's (gasps) he's 26 oh hey and um he he's actually on the same timeline as them like he moved in with his girlfriend and they've been like they've been loving it like they cook together every night and she has a hard schedule like she's a nurse but they're figuring it out they like they have so much fun they have all these i don't know i'm just watching their relationship but then it's like it doesn't make kyle relationships wrong wrong like i know yeah it's just their journey it's their it might be their it might be their journey yeah some people are like i it's just 
how the point is is like love i feel like is two people mutually deciding they want to make it work and it's like some people have higher tolerance for things some people their love story is fighting more um and with them it's like i just hope that they both realize like what they're actually in and it's hard because any decision they make they get judged by america too so i hope that doesn't affect it either on a totally different note Mm -hmm. speaking of judgment Mm -hmm. what the fuck was going on with jordan it doesn't make sense he comes across as a sociopath and i don't get it and the the ending his ending in his last episode of like anything else you want to tell us no like i need to know what's going on because that entire season wasn't was that a like a chance mark. wasn't that a chance for them to be like tell us what the fuck is happening but list things and have him check i just need to it's it is when so- i got in my fight I listed like a hundred things that he lied about and they were like, yeah, we haven't caught that on camera. So you're going to look crazy. So like we have to cut it down. But like basically this thing, I love Jordan as a person. Everyone who meets him is like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I, he doesn't know. In real life. They're like, yeah, he doesn't know that. <laughs> so he just he is a fascinating <laughs> human. He's not putting anything on for he's that just, is really him. He's creepy so he comes back this season great can't wait someone needs to ask him have you pretended to fuck a hooker lately like it doesn't oh my god when he said that to me i was like wait are you bragging are you lying are you what is happening and then he's talking about his dick not working or whatever none of this makes sense to me i got in a full fight about his dick i was like okay so you said that you can't get it up but then you can masturbate but then you said that you can't like and then i was like you said you haven't had sex in three months then how do you know if you haven't gotten it up and you said you can do it when you masturbate we got in this like and everyone was like okay this is too in-depth stop talking about his penis i'm like i don't want to talk about his penis that's all he's talking about it was a lot so he doesn't know what this is it's not like he's i mean his sexuality isn't necessarily my business i'm just i'm curious as to what the fuck is happening because he comes across not great in a way where I'm like I don't know if I feel like he knows that he's lying I just want him to like be honest about something because otherwise I cannot make a connection to this person and also they stick out well that was my thing like it was people would be like oh is he gay is he straight is he bi whatever and I was like honestly I'm trying to get past his lying so that I can see who he is right and then understand him. But he's not allowing it. He's I know. creating a wall. And I'm like, this isn't, everybody else is showing, everybody else is putting something at risk at various levels. You have a couple that's now engaged that was dealing with infidelity on camera on a nationally broadcast television show. And you are telling us about this imaginary expedition that you had with a woman that's probably not real. Like, it doesn't match up. And it also calls more attention to it. And we never got the resolution. I thought the last episode in the last seconds or whatever, and because there was no, there wasn't a reunion, was there? I don't remember. Yeah, which is crazy. Anytime there's an ensemble show on Bravo, I I think it should mandate it. Absolutely. Should be at least to watch what happens 30 minutes. Yeah, why not watch what happens? Because it's like the expense of it is so low, I would think think all things considered that throw you guys yeah. on a set and roll people cameras were, so many people asked me about it and I was like I'm not in control obviously <laughs> so what we're, we're never so he's gonna come back he's gonna make a cameo you guys are friends and he is who he is you get more than a cameo you get it gets wild with him this season is so insane because there are so many different like 
people fight and people fuck that you just wouldn't think would and like there's just so many entangled things happening it's crazy like it's it's not like one of those shows where you're like wow they're really forcing for a story like we have too much going on this season and have you heard from i forget if i asked you this the work is twins and steven did they ever reach out after i don't know how odd or uncomfortable that would be for them or for you but i briefly met lauren workus right when i had finished filming for the first time and i met her at like a party in in new york city and she was like very nice to me and then, like, Steven and I had had some beef. <laughs> really? We had the stupidest beef where he basically, like, he basically told, like, this girl, Taylor Strecker. Oh, yeah. On a radio show. Yep. That, like, if she worked with me, then, like, he wouldn't work with her. Because, like, I do radio with her. And she was like, don't put me in that position. But then since then, I, he hasn't apologized to me, but I think he's apologized to her. So, like, whatever. I think, honestly, like, I have no problem with Steven. I just, he was going through some shit, I think. I think he was going through some shit because he was no longer on the show, which is a loss. That's a genuine loss. But also the rumors of why they left the show. We never really got clarity. There was some shit online about maybe they had posted some stuff that's not kosher. But, you know, look at pump rules. That doesn't necessarily mean you lose your job. Yeah. Yeah. I think what happened, I think Bravo does, like, tons of analytics yeah and, like it was really like a data decision and it came to the end of the road we were ready for it a also fresh like start. they made a good decision they did like it reset the show i were i root for anyone who like helps the bigger picture i do think steven was hilarious but i think what he did to carl was fucked up wait remind me what he did to carl he basically on national television said that carl got dick <gasps> oh my god i forgot that. sorry to bring it back up i don't want to holy but I think it was really, shit like there's stuff like you don't oh, bring you don't stuff. out someone right which is why the jordan and i think that's why they were like we can't have them both in the same house together because they'll never be cool yeah and the jordan stuff to me that's why it's less about to me his sexuality which is frankly that's not my job to out someone yeah i what's frustrating is the lie is like me not understanding who this person is because they're refu- they're putting an artificial wall in front of us yeah and the tv magnifies an authenticity like you might think in the in the you know like you kind of miss stuff when yeah. you're just in the moment but the tv the viewers can like really call out when someone's being fake i feel like so speaking of authenticity some bravo holic related questions for you first mm-hmm. off do you still watch below deck did you see the most recent season i'm what currently in the middle of the most recent season and I was like tempted to just skip and go to the. <laughs> Should I do that? I want to skip and I just did. go to the um. What's it called? Reunion. The reunion. And that's what I. Because w- I feel like the reunion. They tell you what happened and they show like how. I had a conversation with Leah Palmieri about this where I was like, I can't go through this. I thought I was going to start it late and then I just heard too much. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is actually going to trigger anxiety in me about hearing what the guys were doing. I'm like, I can't. It's too dark. It's like not fun. It's not entertaining to me hearing like what they did with Kate and manipulation and sexual harassment and a a lot of genuine gender based aggression. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you need to start by a certain point. Otherwise, there's like no reason to you know what I'm saying like yes get in get involved now or don't do it and I didn't do it I watched the reunion which Mm -hmm. was so painful it's one of the least entertaining in the fact that it's like it feels harmful it was these guys were given two parts to just mansplain their way out of explaining 
and reacting to situations that happened during the season. And it felt like the focus and pressure was on the women to explain and excuse their reaction to men's terrible behaviors. And I was so... How did Kate act? Because Kate takes no bullshit. Kate takes no bullshit, but it felt like at a certain point she kind of shut down, which frankly, I would do the same thing because if you feel like you can see what's happening in the moment, you're going to, you're going to do, I would have lost, I would have lost my shit. Cause the one thing that triggers me is like sexism. It was, and that is what I've heard is the full season. And there's a, I think she's the second Stu Courtney, mm-hmm. who again, I didn't see these episodes. I like Courtney. She really speaks in such a beautiful, eloquent, powerful, strong way where she is just hitting back at them as does Riley PS who Mm -hmm. has her own shit. I mean, nobody's perfect, but they all, the three of them truly were, but it's funny because those guys in the beginning, I thought the chef was a dick, but like Ashton and the other guy just seemed like these like cute foreign guys who get drunk and they're just like, we're fun. We're party. We're party. Yeah, and it turns out that sometimes the alcohol just reveals what a piece of shit you are. And the fact that he kept countering his apology by placing blame on Kate and then questioning Captain Lee, which Captain Lee is is beloved. And Captain Lee is... Don't go near. Don't come at Captain Lee. He completely came for Captain Lee. And I was like, are you fucking out of your mind? Do you think part of this is why Kate was like, I'm done? Well, I was wondering if the edit was related to her leaving because it, it was, it did not feel uh, helpful for the viewers to not have resolution in any way. And it Mm. felt like we just reached a little bit of a dead end, Mm -hmm. but the men never really had to. at Andy. Because, and I was wondering has he not watched the season, which I don't begrudge him for. There's a thousand shows on Bravo. It would yeah. be impossible for him to do his job. Plus, yeah. you know, being on top of every single episode, but he did not handle himself in the way he had such a good part. One of the Dallas reunion, cause he held a housewife yes. incredibly accountable. Yes. And then this happened and it was like a lot of people th- accused him of misogyny and I don't know the reasons behind it or the structure relating to it but he absolutely in my eyes did not hold these men to account and it did not feel like a fair or even fight and I'm saying this admittedly as somebody that didn't watch the season I was very very surprised and it was an unpleasant viewing experience I'll say that so you know what does it mean that she left the show and she's now based in New York? Is she going to go to New York Housewives? Is she going to go oh somewhere else? God. Is she going to get her own show, which is entirely possible? I think she's so talented in a in like there's something about her that you just can't stop watching. Yeah. And she's tough and she has a podcast. People love listening to her. She came on my podcast. She was amazing. Oh, I think great. she definitely has more to her. We're actually we're like friends ish. Like we've been at certain places together and had fun. Um, she's, I like her a lot and I think she has a bright future. Do you guys connect with each other about production related stuff where you're like, I'm going through, or is it more like, Hey, we understand each other. We're in the same club. Let's it's, hang out. There's a weird connection Yeah, that like, even like my best friends, I can't, they'll never understand what it's yeah. like. Even if they come to the parties that we're filming at, they still won't understand. And she gets it. And that's why I think at the end of the day, like I talk shit and I'll be like, Oh, I'm mad at like Kyle and Carl or I'm mad at whatever. But it's like, we're still family mm-hmm. because if someone came at them, I'd like defend them. <laughs> so relating to the greater Bravo family, if you could go on any show aside from Summer House, what show would you want to go on? Oh my God. Great question. Um, I kind of, the thing is I like never saw myself on reality TV. Like I'm not the, I'm not 
a materialistic person like i don't think i could do housewives yeah like it's just not me mm-hmm. i um i don't would never want to do like a working show like below deck me and Paige like can barely clean <laughs> like that's <laughs> not fun like it's so it's our show's also like we set up all the parties like it's so much work and i'm like i could be at home watching bravo right now <laughs> oh my god um i always loved project runway oh like i would I would love to be a judge or I don't know if Paige would be so much better at it, but I, I always, I thought I might be a fashion designer when I was younger. Like I'm very artistic. Like I like to create shit. Love that. Right now I'm in the like creating comedy world, but like I always like to create art. Um, I feel like I do think Vanderpump would be fun. I could do Vanderpump. Did you watch this week's episode? I did. What were your thoughts? Oh wait, I didn't finish it. Um, you got it. You got the... Can you remind me um, what was happening? So Jax and Brittany were very aggressively angry and responding to Tom uh, Sandoval and Ariana saying, listen, you cannot just backpedal from this um, homophobic preacher thing. You saying ignore it. I don't want to talk about it. doesn't make any sense. You're on a reality show. Um, blaming us for bringing weird. it up is crazy. Their show's getting weird because it's. It's breaking the fourth wall so much in that like Britney's crying about Instagram comments because right. she's gotten so big and like everyone disapproves of the marriage. And then like the whole episode is about like the pastor. It's like it's lost. It's like, I don't know. It feels like if the pastor was brought up this much, which I'm actually OK with. I love a little peek. Yes. In the fourth wall. Why wasn't the Lala Rand stuff with um, Fafti brought up? Like, why didn't we get more of that? I, yeah, that's we only what got I a mean. little bit. We They're only got picking a little and bit. choosing like when they need it. Right. Or what they think is right. And but the pastor thing, too, it just seemed like it, it came out of nowhere. No one mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And like apparently they'd been tagged in it for a while. So it's like, why haven't you guys brought it up? It right. was just very like. It's just weird. I'm rooting for them. I love Vanderpump so much, but I, I'm like, I don't know. I thought they, re- I thought they came off terribly. Someone, Brittany, and all the women, like riding hard for Brittany, even though they must have known that she was in the wrong, and just disregarding that and attacking Sandoval, I thought was really. I shitty. actually didn't get to that part. Oh, okay, I got to it. the part where they were like, spoiler alert, where, no, it's okay, where they got um. Lance Bass they were like oh we're getting Lance Bass yeah and then Jack said at one point he's like yeah we got Lance Bass so like problem solved like we went from one end of the spectrum to the other so like shut the fuck up which is not no I you can't the problem is these people like they've become so famous and I think there's still a side of them that forgets that everything they do like affects a larger thing and like them having a marriage with a racist or a homophobe yeah sorry for throwing racist whatever he's probably (laughs) 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 but throwing like a homophobe on is like you affect tons of people and that's you literally putting a stamp of approval on something so disgusting and they but the fact that they're like whatever who cares believe whatever you want to believe in it's like well you have power and with great power comes great responsibility that's a spider-man quote but it's, a, I mean, it's real. I mean, they're, they are public personalities. It's just the show's changed show. now to like, because they're so famous. Maybe it actually works. This is where the direction they have to go, where they have to break all the fourth walls, because we all know all the drama and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about like all the shit. Have you been to what, any of the uh, LVP's places in LA? I actually haven't. Mm. Have you? I've been to Pump and Sir. I actually went to a See You Next Tuesday <gasps> with Sheena working. Raquel was there. Oh, my God. What's it like? It <laughs> Okay. So you walk in. Were they filming? 
No. Okay. They walk in. You walk in. Um, James is essentially at a host stand with his laptop and equipment in quotes. Um, Paul was there. Remember Paul, his like older male roommate, yes. supporter, um, roommate in quotations, yes. personal friend. So Paul, I talked to Paul for like 40 minutes. So, um, James was there playing music. It's a crowd of people just crowding around a host stand next to the bar, just taking video of him. So it's like 30 people in a small space near the entrance. So it's super awkward. Amazing. Loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. Sheena was there working. Billy Lee was there. Raquel was there. Sheena was like taking orders. No, Sheena's version of working was like taking video of it all and like tagging them, which Uh, is Sheena's version of it. Yeah. I mean, Sheena, God bless, is probably maybe the only one. I don't think I mean none of them at least they're open and honest now with the fact that they don't work there mm-hmm. um it wasn't surprising that she was there it felt very like true to the brand of how <laughs> she comes off on tv and I love Sheena she's like everybody's punching bag mm-hmm. but and it just she her energy is so right she right actually, now she just came on my podcast how did that go it was actually amazing because I was like I opened it up being like you just got called a bad kisser on national TV. Like, how do you feel? And then I was like, you know, you look like a bitch right now. Like, we went, I like kind of know her. So I felt like I could go in a little. I went on her podcast in LA. So you guys should listen to I'm Burning in Hell. But I, she basically was like, the reason that I was so mean to um, Danya, Dana, sorry, is that like, Sheena's like I have other stuff going on too like I have I did the Vegas thing I have my podcast like I'm working really hard and they never show that right they just show they just show me being like boys are mean to me and she's like but they get this new girl and they show her comedy show in the first fucking episode and she's like I just feel like you have to earn that like to get your business promoted and to look like you're not just a server, you know? And why doesn't she get rewarded with that? Exactly. Why are they showing it to the new person? And I was and like, dude, they're trying so hard, obviously, to get us to care about the new people. They are trying their very best for the show to have a chance. And I was like, if you see big picture, it's like you have you can't compare yourself to her. You guys are in such different situations. And she's like, You're right, but that's where my anger was stemming. What do you think about Max and Brett um not being somehow fired or whatever? So I guess they took out all their interviews. They did, except for last night they had Max and a part of it, but I wondered if it was because it you genuinely needed, needed his well, also, it was talking about the them editing becoming is exclusive. A, editing is an art form, so yeah. I can't imagine how it's affected the show in yeah. terms of like maybe scenes that they had to put in because they didn't like I don't know. It's just I can't even think about it. It was wild to me that on Lisa Vanderpump's show, a show in which she has made clear she wants to have uh, conversations about LGBTQ um, marginalized communities and yeah. have that and have that be a key point in, of just conversation, you know, like the pride events, pride day and all of that. It was so fascinating to me that her release included like, but they were immature making as if racism is something that you endure and get over as yeah. A, someone in your early 20s it's like no that's actually not a part of like maturing in life yeah. and I think that's a fireable offense I didn't understand why for two guys who are new to the show who are frankly easily replaced yeah who aren't doing anything wait that so are they like filming again they ha- I don't think they've started filming the next season I think but they I would- need to be fired but it was weird to me that she that she didn't take that opportunity to be like after this they're gone because it yeah. seemed like such an easy obvious obvious solution and it wasn't like one 
<laughs> one tweet where they like well, I mean, one tweet is bad enough, but it was like a, a bazillion series. tweets. They were really going all in. And it's, it's like, okay, terrible. then great. They should be all out. Also, you get like, they're very, the second this show is about to air, they're like, go through your social media accounts. People are going to be dissecting and looking I really hard. Imagine. So like, that was also just stupid of them. Um, not that it's like, oh, go hide your racist tweets, but they were like, people will take anything and like skew it. If you have like pictures from college of you looking like like underage drinking like yes. that's the kind of stuff they meant so yeah. it's like i can't believe and even like with casting i don't know i just can't believe that happened and it's not cool but it's funny i feel like diversity is really important mm-hmm. and like people come at summer house for being a very white show which mm-hmm. like the hamptons is arguably like one of the whitest places in the world amen um absolutely you're totally right but we do and it's crazy it needs to be changed it's crazy but we i am like people will start start on us recently and like they they say some mean things like there's there was one of my, like my best friends is this black guy named Maurice who comes to the parties and like is the f- one of my f- the funniest best person ever and people are like oh did you bring us like an actor to show some diversity in it but also like we have Danielle who's Puerto Rican and uh, and um Jules who's from Jordan and like no one ever says anything about diversity with Vanderpump and I'm like if all the new cast members you get two white douchebags why not get like a funny cool diverse person. I mean, Billy Lee didn't work out, but like something else. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. I mean, their their version of diversity is, you know, a brunette, <laughs> which is not. It <laughs> doesn't quite. That doesn't quite cover it. Um, can I ask you some shady questions? Yeah, of course. Since we're talking about pump rules, and you are a pump rules aficionado, Shag Mary Kill Jax Sandoval Schwartz. I love Schwartz. I'm obsessed with Schwartz. I right? met him. He's amazing. He's so funny. So cool. Um, Mary Schwartz. It's so cute. I love him. Love um, him. But um, fuck. I want to. F- I would fuck Jax and be like, what? What is like? What is it that I'll, I'm missing here? That like, why does everyone want to fuck him? I'm like, thousands of people have experienced. Yeah, and then like, I don't get any sexual energy from um Sandoval, so I'd kill him. What? How would that work with Summer House? Shag, Mary, Kill, Carl, Kyle, Jordan. Oh, I've done this before. Okay, tell I me. I do. I, I'm gonna have sex with Carl because he's tall, but like so not my type. <laughs> but like I can't have. I just can't. He is so wonderfully tall. And I was. I, it's the best thing about his personality is that he's tall. Yeah, he knows that too. And then Kyle, it's like I can't marry Kyle. He has all his money in Lover Boy and his ridiculous apartment in Fidei, and he just spent money on a on a ring. Um, so he's probably broke, so I'm not marrying, I'm going to kill Kyle and I'll marry Jordan cause he can help me with, um, my outfits and lie for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's what he does best. He's so well dressed at all times. Oh my God. I have so many more questions for you. So we're going to do a Patreon exclusive because I need to get your thoughts on Bravo celebrities that you would love to share a summer house with and, uh, more. Can you tell me a little bit more about your podcast? Tell yes. me about burning in hell. Burning in Hell is a podcast I started like a couple months before Summer House ever aired. Um, it's talk where, about timing. I know. It's where I talk to people about their demons. I get like comedians, reality TV people, actors, musicians, people that you look up to and then find out like what keeps them up at night, what their anxieties are, what their fears are. It's overall like a mental health but comedy podcast, a comedic tone. Who's your dream guest? Uh, maybe Chelsea Handler. 
I love oh, Chelsea Handler. Nice. I feel like she would be great to have for that conversation. I taught tennis to her once. Oh. And it was like, uh, she just like showed up randomly to a lesson I was doing when Holy I was younger shit. before I was in comedy. And I was just, I like read all her books and I like barely can read. So that was like amazing for me. And she was just hysterical and cool. And at the end I was like, do you have any advice for like being successful? What did she say? And she just said, I got lucky. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, valid. Good point. Cool. Um, but yeah, she, I think she would be really fun. Or Amy Schumer. Is there a Bravo lab that you'd love to have? Ooh, I think I would. Anybody. Oh my God. I'd like to have Stassi on it. Like I know her. We have a lot of mutual friends too. I think Stassi would be interesting. Like, cause she's really funny, but mm-hmm. I'd want to like break her down a bit. See if I, I can break that. some walls. That's amazing. And you mentioned your comedy work. And can you tell me a little bit more? So when did you start doing um, stand-up? So I'd been writing at Betches, and then I got my podcast. And then um, someone, Caroline's in New York City, which is like a comedy yeah, club, huge. reached out. And they said, do you want to do a live show? Holy shit. And I had dated a comedian for a year before, like a really great comedian. And he subconsciously taught me a lot. So I was like writing a ton of jokes. I had dated him. I kind of knew how everything worked. I knew a lot of comics. I was feeling so inspired. And my friend was like, if you do this live show, live podcast, you have to open with 10 minutes of comedy. And I was like, no. And she was like, Hannah, you can do it. So I like went through all my tweets, took like the best tweets. Some of them I like made the like, hook of the joke some of them I made like just a broader concept like I just started writing got 10 minutes together first time I did stand up was in front of 300 people at Caroline's holy shit and then I got an offer to do another show at Gotham which you're gonna see this up this season oh my god and it was the second time I ever did comedy I did 20 (gasps) minutes oh my which now I realize is not how you do comedy no it's like a tight five it takes people like two years to get a tight five yeah but like I'm so I did 20 minutes oh my god that, that gives me anxiety honestly I'm like I, I was so like dumb neck. I just didn't know which is actually frankly fantastic Fant- I literally was like we're doing 20 you- minutes and it was also like people who knew me so yeah, I wasn't yeah. like scared of of bombing completely but then I had some comics pull me aside and they were like look do you want to do this they're like you have potential but do you want to do this because if you're gonna do it you have to do it right because people will like the comedy community won't accept you if you're just like you know doing these shows occasionally and he's like do you want to get really good yeah and then I kind of put my head down and I've been like I do comedy maybe you know three to five nights a week in New York City and I'm doing like I had a show last night with four people in (gasps) a basement of a restaurant like I'm I'm putting on the grind but I'm now like officially on tour I have a show I'm headlining in LA San Francisco (gasps) Dallas oh my god um Dallas Houston, Connecticut, and New Jersey coming up. Um, yeah, that is so hannahburner.com. You could all my so I have like 40 minutes now that I'm holy so shit. I, I'm not doing the podcast live shows anymore. I have like two openers, and then I do my 40 minutes, I end with a QA, and it's like the most fun. Are ever. you having the time of your life? I have a time, it's like very scary. Like yeah. sometimes I stop and I'm like, what are you doing? Do you really think you could do this? And then I'm like, no, blind confidence. It would just keep pushing. Yeah, you do. You, you can. have to have blind confidence. And also, it's it's just been a I was missing a creative outlet cuz mm-hmm. like I the podcast I can do in my sleep, it's just talking to my friends. I yeah. love it. The show, I don't feel creatively 
like yeah inspired by and the stand-up comedy has given me like that outlet of performance that i needed and stand-up comedy differently than being a cast member in a reality tv show you have full control of how you want people to see you versus no matter what show or what network you're not ultimately in the editing room so this is saying this is how i want you to see me and how i want to tell my story and that's why i wanted to start the podcast quite frankly because i was like if people hate me fine but if you love me and you really want to like dig into my mind and and follow my journey and see how i like the people in my life and then go on my podcast i'm then listen to my podcast and it's funny because amanda patula actually went to my second comedy show and Mm. she pulled me aside after and she was like oh this is what you're meant to do because oh they would make they make fun of me on the reality show that like I joke too much sometimes when filming and stuff and she's like oh because you're a comedian and I didn't like know that I could like make a living off of it but because I'm fortunate with like the exposure from Summer House I've like been able to monetize it I would love to see you do something with Ariana because I feel like you guys have a lot in common and I think of you in the same way like I I just was just saying to somebody the other day that I think of you as the Ariana of Summer House oh my god I actually today watching Vanderpump she had do you remember when Kristen was trying to hit a baseball and Ariana was just like laughing hysterically (laughs) I was like oh my god I love Ariana yeah she when she shows her actual Mm -hmm. humor and she did comedy yeah she yeah I actually Fun fact, at my show, it's at the Dynasty Typewriter, March 4th in Los Angeles. Wow, what a great name. I know. That's amazing. I'm having, it's way classier than me, but I'm having Rachel O'Brien open <gasps> feature. Oh my God, who is like friend of everybody She's friends on of Pump. everyone on Pump. And I just know she's a stand-up. She's been doing it forever. And I was like, hey, like, I'd love to have you feature for me. And she was like, I'm down. Oh my God, that's so great. So there's going to be a little Bravo Oh my God, so energy. Andy's Girls, if you're in LA, double hit our Summer House Pump yes. rolls. Who knows who will show up? Oh my God. How can people follow you online? Follow me at Being Burns, B-E-I-N-G, B-E-R-N-Z, and my podcast, Burning in Hell, B-E-R-N-I-N-G. You guys should listen to the Sheen episode. It just went up. And yeah. And that's an excellent title, PS for a pod. Thank you. I'm like, it's not a, it's not a Satan cult. It's just a cute (laughs) pun. Let's all calm it down. I've had some like places be like, yeah, we can't promote it because it has to do with the devil. And I'm like, okay, calm down. I mean, calm it, calm it down. I I am the devil, but calm it down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my favorite quote ever from Stassi oh my god well I need to go all in with you on Jersey Housewives because oh! you are so, well, can I just ask you quickly whose side um Jenny and Margaret oh Jenny Jennifer and Margaret yeah Margaret yeah okay we'll get into it on the Patreon app I really need to hear more guys um Instagram at Dame Galley Twitter at Sarah Galley we're gonna record a Patreon app after this because I need to get your thoughts on New Jersey (laughs) I'm like literally dying um this was a pleasure I had so much fun I had so much fun I am so happy to be an Indies girl I'm honored (laughs) (laughs) Andy's girl not yet a woman not yet a woman maybe never the next episode guys tell us your thoughts and feels and we'll talk to you again soon Uh, bye-bye